0: Welcome to AM Best Audio. There's a lot of value from artificial intelligence in the marketplace.
1: It's it's like uh, you know the oil industry, 150 years ago. We know there's a lot of oil down there. We know there's value. We, we just don't know how to get it out of the ground yet.
2: I think there's real, real opportunity um, in the evolution of AI. With the evolution of some of
3: these tools, there are absolutely some applications. Uh, that we can use within our business, but we really got to be careful. But I think that's the, you know, the multi probably billion dollar question really at, at this point is how deep is this being used?
4: Welcome to the AM Best TV special presentation. What the AI revolution means for insurers, insureds and the insurance workforce. I'm Lori Chortis. This four part series will bring you the thoughts and experience of dozens of insurers technology experts and regulators about this fast-developing area that's driving profound changes within and outside the insurance industry. We begin the series, how AI is remaking insurance organizations by defining the difference and the roles of artificial intelligence and machine learning, which both have a surprisingly large footprint within the insurance industry.
5: I didn't look up the. Dictionary definition, but off the cuff, you know, artificial intelligence, as it says, is acting like an intelligent being. Whereas machine learning is really about looking at the data and letting the machine learn, find signals, find in interesting patterns in that data from which you could do your work. And that's what insurance is about. Let me find a pattern. Let me find how I can determine the quality of a risk, the, uh, the price I need to charge for risk, those type of activities.
1: The machines learn the same way humans learn. They see patterns, they learn to recognize patterns. Um, people are very good at reaching conclusions with very few inputs. Uh, but people are terrible at making conclusions when they have an overwhelming number of inputs. Um, machine learning AI models are just the opposite. Um, if you only tell them a few things, um, they they really can't make a valuable prediction. But you, you almost can't give them too many things. And so if you step back and look at the insurance industry, um, you know, they, they, it, it, carriers, TPAs, MGAs are sitting on these vast reserves of data that haven't been tapped. You know, we sort of, uh, you know, use the analogy. It's it's like, uh, you know, the oil industry 150 years ago. We know there's a lot of oil down there. We know there's value. We we just don't know how to get it out of the ground yet.
5: Artificial intelligence is artificially acting as a human, and so that's where you get this uh, digital twin idea, right?
4: Artificial intelligence sounds new to many, but it's been an important component of insurance operations at many prominent insurers.
2: We've been working with AI for a while now, and, and the large language models, of course, I mean, exponentially increase that uh, capability. But, but for us, really two areas. I mean, one is decision support to so both on the claims and the underwriting side. I mean, think about an underwriter, I mean, 100-page submission. I mean, you're now able to structure that in a few seconds. I mean, take out the necessary elements. I mean, just makes sure we're much more efficient. Process, another example would be on the claim side. We've been using AI to triage Um, medical bills and look for patterns in the prescription and then we send the case nurse to then um, handle that case in a a different way are you finding that any particular sectors of the insurance industry are embracing ai
0: more than others or or faster to the game with it yeah i think there are i think workers comp for example um there's some really cool technology out there and of course we we like the idea of predict and prevent right so the idea that you know, the best loss is the one that never happens. So there's an organization out there, it's, it has a device um, that's useful in warehouses, for example. So the workers' comp industry has been able to say, okay, well, let's try that device. And what that device does is you, it's a device that, that a worker wears, and it monitors how they're going about their jobs, whether they're reaching high to put something on a shelf, which increases risk, or if they're improperly bending over, actually which can cause back injury. So it's, it's a model that they can use, it's a device that they can use in order to prevent um, injury injury right away. And there's, there's many examples. I mentioned homeowners is using these devices around, uh, you know, electrical current into your house and water um, damage in, in commercial office buildings and things like that. So there are some certainly that are ahead of others, but I think it's coming to every sector.
6: For us at Travelers, for the past several years, AI has been a big focus, uh, In I, I would say, you know, likely for the, uh, some, of, some parts of the industry as a whole. Um, you know, While we've been limited in our ability to leverage modern techniques like machine learning uh, that are at the heart of AI, for our core risk segmentation and pricing models for regulatory reasons, we have certainly been able to invest and leverage these capabilities in many different parts of our business, uh, in a very meaningful way, improving customer and agent experience uh, with travelers as well as removing friction from our processes. And just to give you some examples, you know, we're leveraging AI and high resolution imagery to assess damage to insured properties after say a wildfire or wind related catastrophe. We're using vision-based AI to extract property characteristics to help streamline underwriting and of course making uh, the process easier for our customers And of course, you know, as you can imagine, most of us can't answer a simple question like what kind of roof do you have Uh, or what condition your roof might be in, Uh, but AI can easily pick that up from imagery. So in summary, we are using uh, AI in many shapes and form already. And of course, with the arrival of ChatGPT and Generative AI, uh, the possibilities are expanding even further.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of value from artificial intelligence in the marketplace. Um, One example of that is automation of certain processes whether it be certain aspects of underwriting or claims handling, um, you know, by automating some of those processes can really help to improve a company's operational efficiency. Um, One other good example of that is where AI can be used to make recommendations and offer tailored solutions for coverages and policies based on a customer's behavioral profile, which then really creates a much more personalized experience for the customer.
7: So you had the traditional market major cat modeling firms, the RMS, the AIR, the CoreLogic, reinvesting in the space. And then you have lots of insure techs, insure techs that uh, are firms like a Zesty AI, firms like Cape Analytics, who are coming in and using machine learning and artificial intelligence to learn about the risk and to help insurers understand how to underwrite it and how to price it, how to look at accumulations so that we can provide a solution for our customers. You know, the, the concept of AI has actually been around
3: quite some time. I mean, we've been using things like chatbots and other technologies, you know, in our business to both improve client service and create some efficiencies uh, for a while now. So it's not, it's not necessarily new, but with the evolution of some of these tools, there are absolutely some applications uh, that we can use within our business, but we really got to be careful. You know, there are some risks associated with that, and we don't want to simply introduce
2: a whole new set of risks within the business, you know, while while thinking we're trying to solve others. But the other area that I'm really excited about AI is when you think about one of the biggest challenges that the insurance industry still has, because we all have legacy systems. I mean, we all have data that sits there from ages ago, and somehow we need to work with that. AI and large language models, I mean, gives you an ability to extract some of the business rules out of that in a much easier way. And so when we now think about all that old stuff that we somehow need to make cloud ready um, and move on to new technology stacks, I think it will vastly accelerate that transition. So I think there's real, real opportunity um,
7: in the evolution of AI.
4: When we come back.
7: AI holds the hand of a consumer and guides them, even educates them on the risk. And later. AI has really helped us a lot from a loss prevention perspective.
4: Welcome back to how AI is remaking insurance organizations. Perhaps the biggest driver of interest in AI is that insurers believe artificial intelligence will turbocharge the industry's transformation into data-driven purveyors of risk solutions.
8: I'd say some of these new technologies have been incredibly effective in, uh, in us being able to uh, really see the patterns um, in data much more effectively. So using graph databases and um, graph kind of um, machine learning models, uh, the ability to see those and then, you know, with visualizing them. And so that our, again, frontline and our uh, investigators can actually see um, connections um, much more uh, quickly and much faster in the process, so that they, you know, don't have to figure it out after uh, many, many uh, millions of dollars have already been lost. So I'd say it certainly is a tool that will help us with picking up, out fraud. Having said that, it's also unfortunately a tool in the hands of the bad actors as well, where you know, with the ability with like Dolly two and and you know, um, Chat GPT and so on, you can you can see those bad actors. You know, leveraging it to fabricate images, to um, text, to to other things.
9: At the core of insurance, it's about experience, it's about repetition, it's about taking data and be able to synthesize this into probable outcomes. ChatGPT and systems like AI, these have been AI specifically has been discussed for many decades, and now we're seeing this application in the form of ChatGPT that makes it is very user friendly, but. In doing so, it's unlocking a lot of thought about how can we change everything from our marketing content to to fit our customer needs, expectations. How can we think about our underwriting and synthesizing a larger data set? How can we think about claims and taking this pool of claims information, which maybe we, we looked at 10 data points, we can go to thousands of data points. So, it's really um, a point of leverage for most institutions that have embraced this in an early stage and brought the, brought the product to them through a much simpler interface.
6: So, the game, the role of big numbers is the role of big numbers. 4% has always been 4%, lapse rate has always been lapse rate. But if you want to drive to the next level, and say who is it and when and why that are gonna make these decisions. You wanna start asking deeper questions on the nuances. For example, with annuities today, we all have annuities that were locked in at a a significantly lower rate. 3% was beautiful five years ago. Today, it's less than what you get from Fidelity Money Market. Um, At which rate I'm gonna be happy enough to keep the policy without surrendering it? That's the type of questions that you have to use more data and more AI
7: When we look at it, we really see the biggest impact around data acquisition. So going and getting data, data analysis, and then also experiences with that data. So some examples, data acquisition, you know, AI guiding homeowners through their own inspections, right? Helping you acquire data that was previously expensive or difficult to capture. And then data analysis, which is now that you've got all this data coming in, how do you analyze it intelligently at scale? That's a job for machines, right? So AI can help there. And then coming back to that prior example again, where AI can improve experiences, again, that self-inspection concept where AI holds the hand of a consumer and guides them, even educates them on the risk There's a lot of exciting opportunity for AI and it's making an impact in each of those avenues.
6: The key takeaway is really a call to action, to look at how to better use data, how to better use engineering, how to better use artificial intelligence, how to better use digital capabilities and technologies to to address one of the world's greatest new risks.
0: I would say, uh, as with any technology, there will be the early adopters, the innovators, uh, and those that come later. I, I think if, if companies invested heavily in, in AI, say, 10 years ago, they, they were probably a little early. But my belief is if, if you're not investing heavily today, uh, the train is le- leaving the station. Uh, now, now is the time to, to jump on board uh, and invest in the technology.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, and, you know, there's kind of a caveat that we see. Um, you, you can't jump right into AI. Um, you, know, you, you need to have uh, control of your data first. Um, you need to know what's there,
0: um, and you need to be open to it.
4: When we come back...
0: AI has really helped us a lot from a loss prevention perspective.
4: This increasing empowerment of data and analytics is helping insurers to push back risk frontiers. One risk may be letting technology get ahead of strategy.
7: Sometimes um, organizations will make a mistake of saying, we need to have an AI strategy or we need to have an imagery strategy. And those strategies usually result in interesting work that is unrelated to business problems and ultimately failures. Instead, you should define a business strategy and then find where AI and imagery can play a supporting role. So are you looking to clean risk out of your book of business? Are you looking to reduce your loss ratios? Are you looking for a pricing advantage? Great.
5: Well, that's where imagery and AI, it can help on those. So coming from a statistical background, it has been an amazing journey to transition to the AI universe. So the biggest lesson I've learned is that, you know, the traditional actuarial techniques will always be fundamental for a risk assessment because they offer uh, the interpretability that the AI models sometimes lack. And we've talked about earlier is often the case that, you know, data quality is more important than the, the model itself. And traditional techniques work can work together with AI techniques in many ways, right? First, you know, traditional techniques can help the AI models to provide better interpretability. For example, when a model predicts something as a banana, well, I always like to use banana as an example. We as human want to know why, why did that, why did the model predict this as a banana, right? So we can use traditional methods to figure out the, which pixel is contributing most to the prediction. And if that, as human, we can look at it and say, oh, if those make sense, then we know that the model is indeed learning the correct information. But if we think, see things like shadow or some something irrelevant that gets picked up by the model, then we know oh some, something is probably wrong with how with the data that we feed to the model. Then we need to adjust, make some adjustments. Um, secondly, you know traditional methods can be used to assess model confidence. So when a deep deep learning model gives you a prediction, we want to know how confident is the model prediction. So we have designed sophisticated statistical methods to assess model confidence so that when we give our customer a prediction, we can also give them how much can you trust that prediction?
9: I think as you look at even the broader venture market, there's obvious things like artificial intelligence and generative AI that you see substantial funding and a lot of interest from investors. I think one of the areas we're most excited about is really carrier enablement. I think rather than disrupting carriers, there's a lot of folks who are serving with different software solutions or products, making the liberties and other carriers of the world more efficient and are really seeing strong success there.
4: Insurers and capital providers are expected to continue great amounts of time, effort and money into an area they're certain will yield a host of benefits.
0: There are a lot of ways for us to distribute our product through different platforms and AI helps us do that. And so there are a variety of things that we're looking at in that space. And then in risk control, AI has really helped us a lot from a loss prevention perspective. And there's some tools that we've been able to give to our clients um, that have been able to pilot some of the unique things. And have come back with testimonials that have clearly said it's reduced the frequency of claim activity and mitigated some of the severity as well. So we're excited about the prospects that's there.
3: I think that's the, you know, the multi probably billion dollar question, really, at, at this point is how deep is this being used and, and where where exactly is this being deployed? I can tell you from my experience and from what we've seen, it's it's right now, it's a lot of internal pieces. So they're 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 improving. The companies are improving their internal processes. So maybe using using light AI to do different processing of, of, of whatever, whatever you think of right internal. Um, And we're starting to see it kind of deploy externally too. So whether it's in the claims processing, whether it's in uh, consumer assistance or customer assistance and kind of the chat body stuff, kind of some of those pieces are all, that's all kind of considered AI. And I think when you get to the definition of AI, that's also a tough thing to get around. What, what necessarily is that? Well,
10: we're still early or in very nascent stage of experimentation with generative AI, it's fair to say that it holds a significant potential to expand on our capabilities. Uh, that were just not possible under prior AI approaches. I think one of the most immediate impacts or effects of generative AI will be felt in customer service or customer interaction area. Um, as you recall, the industry was very enthusiastic um, about chatbots a few years ago, but but really those efforts never really panned out as expected uh, because those chatbots were simply like not good or, or natural enough. Uh, and with generative AI, uh, this really has changed. And generative AI solutions can interpret spoken and as well as written human language and respond accordingly in a very natural and human-like way, regardless of the language that's used. So today we're already seeing many innovative insurers that are starting to experiment um, with, with generative AI in areas of Customer interaction and enhancing the customer experience, while also reducing the obviously the high volume of calls. I think use cases that are being implemented in areas of claims and, and fraud detection are also on a near horizon or more immediate. Um, but I also think that areas like underwriting uh, they may not be as immediate, um, just given the underlying complexities and risks, risks, but also also issues related to bias uh, and related regulatory hurdles
3: depending on how broad and how narrow you want it to be uh, your calculator could be AI if you really wanted it to be I mean and so it, it's a tough thing to really quantify right now and we've done a lot of work at the NAIC to try to do some surveys and kind of better understand where the industry is using uh, these these processes at this point um, I will tell you it's it's probably not as far as as I thought it would have been at, at this point um, but it's also, changing at an exponential rate. I mean, we've seen the deployment of the chat GPT stuff, which is now probably old news with all the other uh, AI bots that are out there.
4: Thank you for watching this Best TV special presentation, how AI is remaking insurance organizations. Be sure to view part two, how AI is remaking the insurance workforce, which will explore what industry jobs are at risk and which have been enhanced and how insurance professionals can avoid occupational obsolescence. This has been a special presentation of AMS TV. I'm Lori Chortis.
0: Looking to get the attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms to do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by contacting our Advertising Services Business Development Team at 908 882 1706.